everyone. Welcome to Your Life, Your Design podcast. My name is Sophie Koo, and I'm so grateful to have you accompany me today as we talk about some ways of life that work uniquely for you so that you can start living the life that you love by design and not by default. Welcome to Your Life, Your Design podcast. You've just heard part of a song called Dig Deep. Now, Dig Deep is about surviving all the stress from the countless demands that life makes on us. And according to the composer of the song, the trick is to dig into your inner strength, to maintain a balance. Now, the part of the song you just heard was sang by Jenny Parento, who turned 74 this year. Yes, you heard right, 74. She's one of four sassy vocalists from the award-winning grown-up girl band called The Lovies. Jenny is known as the mother superior of the group. Hailing originally from New Zealand, where she sang in a Maori band, and then to New Caledonia, where she learned Edith P.F. songs. Later, to Argentina, to tango, and then to Tanzania, where she sang in her own jazz band. To Qatar, where she taught ukulele to Arabic women and children. To Singapore, where she taught Filipina domestic workers to play the ukulele. And then to Sydney today, where she writes and sings quirky songs for the lovies, formed about six years ago. And she also currently still teaches ukulele at a neighborhood centre to anyone who wishes to learn. At 74, Jenny and the lovies are out to defy the mature woman stereotype, laughing in lightness in the face of life's drama, delivering beautiful music, thought-provoking lyrics and messages, and bucket loads of humour. They are constantly venturing into territories where middle-aged women fear to tread. They are playful, funny, and know how to reach deep down into the heart. Divorce dementia, online dating, and septuagenarian sex are just some of their areas of expertise. They are currently touring their brand new CD called Love Is Actually, in the form of a lush musical journey featuring songs, stories, and confessions of these four formidable women. Now, I've had the honour of befriending Jenny during her stint in Singapore about six years ago. She visited the cafe I was running then every day. She would share with me her amazing life stories. She later taught a group of Filipina domestic helpers ukulele every Sunday for free at the cafe. I was in awe of her passion for music, teaching people who wants to learn, and especially her passion for life. To me, she is the epitome of living fully now. 
I believe for many of us, getting to know Jenny for the first time, one would speculate that she's in her retirement and thus she can enjoy life in such a manner, doing what she loves. However, when you do get the opportunity to know her more deeply, just like I had the great opportunity too, you will soon learn that Jenny has been living the life she loves for a big part of her life. In today's podcast, I'm excited and honoured to have Jenny as my guest. To talk about her life, how challenging, fulfilling, and even triumphant it has been. And how it has shaped the way she is able to continue living life that fully and freely till today, at 74. And also to talk about why we shouldn't wait till retirement to start living the life we love a concept that most of us subscribe to. So without any further delay, a very warm welcome to Jenny. Hi Jenny, it's been such a while. Thank you for taking time to join me in today's podcast. First of all, congratulations to you and the lovies on a few things. For receiving the Edna Ryan Awards for the Arts. For your new album released earlier this year for your very newly launched music video and YouTube channel, and for being back to performing live concerts. Now that we're nearing the end of the year, what kind of year has 2021 been for you? Wow. Um, well, in, in one way, I've learned a lot. A lot about myself, about people around me. Um, and I've learned to, perhaps I've, I've learned to be much more quiet, I think. We, um, we had a, a tour booked at the beginning of the year. We had a big tour going on and we did our first concert. It was fantastic. And then we got ready for the second one and COVID rules changed. Um, so we had kind of a, a half an audience and then it all fizzled out. So there we were, a band with nowhere to go. So <laughs> what kind of year has it been? It's been a year of uh, teaching me to be patient. It's been quite a creative year. We've, um, we've finished a recording. We've made a film. And um, I have just played the ukulele. That's all. That's all you can do. <laughs> You know, Jenny, even though you left Singapore about six years ago, I continue to be impacted by the way you live your life till today. I mean, on top of the stories that you have shared with me, and then starting a band at 68, and now at 74, doing music videos, gigs and concerts. Now, is your current life anything you've ever imagined and how have your dreams and goals changed throughout your life? My current life is way different to and beyond anything that I could have imagined. Um, I, I didn't expect I would ever reach 74, for example, at some point, having uh, been uh, had a little dance with cancer. So here I am, still alive. Um, and I think the main change in my my life goal 
is that I've completely stopped being a busy person, a busy working person, and I spent my life, you know, doing instead of being. And so my goal now is to no longer achieve something outside myself. It's just completely linked to my inner needs. So I wake up in the morning and I think, what is important for me to do today? What, how can I spend my time in a really positive way? And I actually love my life now. I love it, despite all the, the hardships there's been, but they don't feel like hardships. They feel like lessons along an amazing journey, actually. What is a pivotal decision you've made that changed the course of your life? Was it difficult? How do you feel about it now? This is a very interesting question, Sophie. Pivotal decisions are whew, sometimes terrifying, mostly terrifying, and because um, they're moments usually when you, um, you're thinking about changing the course of your life. And there's usually people telling you to do something different and your heart or your soul is telling you, no, this is what you need to do. Um, and you need to alter your path and follow that, that intuition that we all have. Uh, for example, I, I gave up a very secure, boring, hard teaching job in Australia to head to London to a recruitment fair because I, I had this idea that I wanted to teach in another country. So I went along to the fair, assigned a contract to teach in a place called Tanzania that I knew nothing about. But I was just following this, my intuition. Everything was saying, yes, yes, don't even ask any questions, yes. And when I got home to pack up, um, my friends started to warn me that I would probably be stabbed, robbed, raped, or, you know, terrible things are going to happen to me in Africa. And I thought, well, would I rather be stabbed or live to an old, old, old age without knowing what the world was, was like out there? And I was scared and a little bit doubtful, but... I, I loved every moment of my life in Tanzania, every single moment, and I can recommend that we just follow that, that voice that's guiding us, even no matter how terrified we are. Jenny, what's the most difficult thing that's ever happened to you? And how do you deal with it? Um, the most difficult thing um, that has happened to me in my life, well, actually, there's two of them. The first one was finding out that my body had let me down. My, my What I thought was the perfect, strong body had let me down and allowed breast cancer to develop, not once, but twice. And... Um, you know, I felt initially that it was all my fault. I've done something wrong. I've eaten the wrong thing. I've thought the wrong thoughts, uh, you know. And, you know, but 
what can you do about that? Then I realized that, that many people other than me had also suffered from this. And, you know, I just followed what what my heart told me to do. I, I listened to what doctors had to say. I listened to alternative therapies, and I did a little bit of everything and walked walked through it, which, uh, and I'm still alive, which is fantastic news. <laughs> and uh, the, the second thing, the most difficult thing that ever happened to me was that my marriage, my second marriage, which was very beautiful, and you might, you will remember my beloved husband, um, it, it had to end, it failed, it had to end because he had something really important he needed to do in his life, which was not to be married um, to me. So, wow, how did I deal with it? In both times, I, you have to just gather your inner strength and find things that work for you and try and stay incredibly positive. You know, you choose to live your life fully instead of drifting into self-pity and anger. And I, I saw many people do that in both of those situations. And I can can say clearly, just choose the most positive thing you can choose. And it's not your fault. It's a circumstance. It's not, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle it. There you go. That's important. That's the most important thing of all. Now, if you could go back to any age, which age would it be and why? And how do you feel now about growing old? If I think back over my life, uh, right through it, uh, my childhood was difficult because my father was an alcoholic. My Growing up was hard because I didn't know who I was. I didn't really know that I was a, you know, very capable young woman. So I think I would go back to Tanzania where I lived um, in my 40s because I was finally living um, a, a full, successful, courageous and very exciting life. And I was also able to make a difference in the world I found myself in um, amongst a community of like-minded people, amongst beautiful people who lived in in almost complete poverty with incredible um, in, incredible grace. I, I loved Tanzanian people, the way they lived, their beautiful nature, their their love for each other, their acceptance of each other, in spite of the fact that their life was not always easy. So, um, you know, and I and it helped me find myself at that time because I was truly happy and it's framed my present life totally. I, I learned the importance of connection to others no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. I especially loved the way Tanzanian people greet each other. They say, um, uh, how are you, Abari Zaleo? How are you today? And then they say, and how are your children? 
and how is your work and how is your wife and how <laughs> how before they even get onto anything else they just make sure that everything's fine and the the correct answer for that all those questions is good i'm good thank you and so i learned such a lot from that and you ask me about facing old age i i probably don't want to get old Oh, but I am old. I don't feel old at all. I am curious about what happens to me when I die. I'm very aware that this is the last, last pointy end of my life. And I'm extremely aware that it's every single day of it is extremely important that I do the best things I can do for myself and for the others, I've, you know, my friends and family, my loved ones. And the world I find myself in, which is in trouble at the moment, and I don't know how to help it except to look for the hope everywhere in it. Jenny, listening to your songs and how you own and celebrate who you are today, do you feel differently about yourself now from how you felt when you were younger? And in what ways? Yes, the answer to this question is yes, yes, yes. I do feel very differently now to the way I felt. I have a picture on my wall in my house of myself as a young woman. Uh, I was about 19 or 20. And I look at it every day. I was very beautiful. Uh, I can see that physically I was beautiful. But I remember feeling like an ugly duckling. I remember feeling fat. I remember feeling unloved, unlovable. I remember thinking that boys would not like me because I was not beautiful enough, clever enough. And I'm so sad about that. And and I, at that time, I married the first person who asked me to marry him because I, I thought that's maybe all I could manage. How lucky I was, you know. How <laughs> so. So that's very sad, and I look back on that time of my life, and I look at young women now, and I'm just knowing that 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 we're bringing them up in a much more enlightened way, um, and I know that my experiences, my journey, have changed me and, and and made me made me get in touch totally with this this person that I am, and I, I'm not that person, that 19-year-old girl. She was full of fear and, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I could actually go back there and, and give her some words of advice. <laughs> but, you know, here I am. And I, I, and I feel, you know, yes, I'm still that girl, but I'm, I'm, I'm a much stronger girl and I'm much more in tune with, with my strengths and what I have to offer the world. And I'm very grateful for that. Throughout all these years, what have you held on to that's important? And why is it important? If I think carefully about this, the thing that I've held on to is some kind of deep practice I've applied to my life. It would be um, not blaming other people for the things that have made you feel bad and I think the first time I really thought about that was 
with my parents when I and I when I was younger, and I thought, you know, it's their fault. They didn't. They didn't. They're they're being mean, or they didn't bring me up properly, or they haven't let me do. You know, they've they've not um, been good parents. And then I learned about their life and about the way my father uh, lived in poverty, the way my grandmother lived in poverty, then I, and my mother who suffered from anxiety. And I, I finally realized that, you know, they, as parents, did the best thing they could given the circumstances of their, uh, of their past and the, you know, the knowledge they had at the time. Um, and then, of course, you move into relationships with, with, with other people and you think it's his fault because he's made me unhappy. And I think the very hardest lesson is that I am, I am responsible. I am responsible for my own happiness, for my own sense of, of being. It's not somebody's fault at all. Um, so if you carry that through to every situation in your workplace, in your relationships, that I am responsible for the way I react to what's happening around me, uh, that helps immensely, immensely. So that would be my advice to everybody to try and practice that. Jenny, what is your motto or philosophy in life? I have a general philosophy of uh, knowing that everything is perfect. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> my, my grandmother used to say, um, there is no right or wrong, it is, whatever it is. And um, we need to know that there's a reason for that thing happening, you know, to you. It doesn't happen to you, it's happened. And if I look back over things that have seemingly happened to me, around the next corner is something amazing that that's I've, that I've gained out of it. Even yes, even breast cancer. Um, you learn you learn so much from being sick. You learn to appreciate your body. You learn to take care of yourself. You learn to um, be positive and. There it is, that would be, you know, that would be my philosophy. Okay, why has this happened? Why, you know, is my marriage broken up? What, is this just the end of my life or is this just another corner I can turn? And, um, wow, every time I've turned the corner, there's been something amazing around the next one. So you just got to hang on. It's like riding a roller coaster, I suppose. <laughs> but you've got to remain knowing that everything's perfect, even, even the painful things. That's my philosophy of life. If a young person came to you asking what's the most important thing for living a good life, what would you say? Yes, I can answer this one by reflecting on my, my sons, actually. Two young people I've brought up. Um, when I was young, we were told that we uh, should get a real job. You know, we should, even if you're a musician, you need a real job. You need to be a teacher or you need to some, you know, real job because 
following an artistic path is not going to get you enough money. <laughs> so, you know, I would, I want to say to young people, and I don't, I really don't think they buy into that story anymore. But I, the, what I would say to them is follow, follow your passion, find your passion first and follow it, follow it, you know, every step of the way. And it's not life. It's not about how much money we can make. It's about how much joy, joy we can live. Um, and, you know, we're so lucky now that we are more and much more enlightened in the way people can live uh, in this world. And we're much more accepting of the arts, I believe, and many countries are. So that's what I'm going to say to them. You know, be, be free, be conscious, and follow your passion. There you go. How would you define a successful life? Yeah, this is easy. A successful life. A successful, truly successful life is a life that is simply an expression of love. It's nothing to do with possessions, money, ego. And it's a life that has meaning and fulfillment. And it's the life that you were designed to live, I believe. And sometimes we get in the way of that. We block it by being fearful or thinking we need to be rich or trying to plan our plan our outcomes in a way that we think I think we have to stop doing that we just have to listen and live a, a meaningful life every single day and I keep saying that and it's true are you being are you being true to yourself you know are you finding fulfillment is it you know, is, are people around you, uh, are, they, are they learning from you? Are you able to, to share this joy with everybody? There's, there's, that's a whole different thing to whether you've got money and possessions. What do you see as your place or purpose in life? My purpose... My purpose in life, uh, in my case, was to create uh, some ancestors, some children who will carry my genes into this world, my DNA. Um, I hope I've been some kind of example for them that they can uh, live perhaps more fully be for, for knowing me. Um, so, and in my, my, in my career now, my musical, even, I was a teacher for many years in the classroom, and uh, I now sing to people. I think the purpose of that was to, um, to help other people on the way, to, to, to find their own strengths, and to learn from some of my wisdom, and that's probably been my greatest purpose, I think. Jenny, you know, whenever I look at your Facebook posts and what you do with the lovies, with so much passion and appreciation of life, this question always comes up for me. 
Now, what inspires you and gets you out of bed every day? What keeps you energetic, happy and going at 74? Uh, for a start, 74 is only a number. <laughs> it means nothing to me. I'm lucky that I have um, energy. I get up every day because I want to go to the beach. <laughs> and I have a real fascination with uh, human behavior. Um, uh, and I, I love to observe the way we human beings are sometimes struggling through life. And I have a very good sense of humor as well. So um, plus the fact that I can write songs, I seem to be able to write songs very easily. So I, I walk on the beach, that my footsteps become my rhythm, my thoughts become, uh, you know, some parts of a song. And I find that that's my therapy. I guess that is my therapy. When the, my marriage failed, I wrote many songs about the pain I was feeling. And um, it's, it's a really great way to process stuff. Uh, so, and right now, I, I know every day is just so important. I want to make the most of every single moment. And I am in love again, which is delightful for me and, and a surprise. And it says that anything is possible at any moment of your life. Uh, I can tell you that. Now, of all the things you've done, the people you've met, the places you've stepped foot on, the experiences you've encountered, what is your biggest adventure to date? And that leads me on to my biggest adventure uh, to date, which is happening right now in my life. Um, after I recovered from the loss of my, my husband, I figured out that was this going to be it for the rest of my life or not? <clears throat> and I decided that um, I needed to find out if my body was still working so I met, I just intentionally set out to meet somebody, and there he was. And so now, I ride on the back of his motorbike with my new helmet that I've just had to buy for myself. And I enjoy wonderful intimacy with him. We don't live together because we are, this is called old age love, where you live separately and you <laughs> you love to meet each other when when the time's right and my whole body and my whole and my mind are stimulated and and I'm so happy to be alive right now and this one would be a quite a popular question what advice would you give your 21 and 41 year old self If I think back to my 21-year-old self and my 41-year-old self, actually, I was still framing my life around the fact that I needed uh, a man to make me happy. At 21, I was looking for a, my first husband. And at 41, I was looking for another man because I thought that that was 
the answer to um, to happiness. And it, so I would give you a very strong advice. <laughs> As I'm not saying don't get married and I'm not saying don't fall in love, but I'm saying fall in love with yourself first. Uh, be very clear about who you are and um, and what your needs are because no other person, no other person is going to make you happy or fill up every space in your life. Uh, you are the one and you need to work on that really, really, really quickly and thoroughly and until you're ready and until you know yourself then you're ready to form a relationship. And, of course, so these days it's not just with a man. It's with a, a woman. It's with somebody you choose and you fall in love with no, no matter what. Uh, and, and age is even not a consideration anymore. That's the wonderful thing. So the world is is huge and you're in it. <laughs> and think about yourself first. There's my advice. Jenny. I remember when we chatted back in 2019, the message that you strongly advocated was living fearlessly in the moment. Now having that in mind, is there something in particular that you fear? And if you do, do you do anything about it? You know, probably my, my greatest fear when I let myself be afraid is where am I going next what's the what's happening what's going to happen to me what will my death be like where do I go after that uh, how long will I stay healthy and fit and then I I stop those thoughts and remember that this this moment right now is all each of us has living right here in this present moment. The future is unknown. We're all walking into the unknown, and we might as well not worry about that. Um, I, th I read or listen to a lot to uh, Eckhart Tolle, who's absolutely wonderful, and his strong, strong message is uh, stay, stay right here in this presence of now. And, you know and just pay attention to that. So that, um, I do now stay pretty rooted in that that idea, that moment of each day. But of course, we're all uh, human and we all have little niggles about about tomorrow, but um, it's you've just got to practice, that's all. As a two-time cancer survivor yourself, Jenny, what words of encouragement would you give a friend suffering from a terminal illness? When I was faced with uh, cancer, uh, of course, cancer is a possible death sentence. And so you are faced with the fact that you might not live as long as you thought you were going to. And I reached out for spiritual uh, support I read, I read Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. I read um, uh, many beautiful authors who've written about perhaps what happens to us after death, uh, about 
our spiritual journey that we're only just a body at the moment. I read the course in miracles. I did that uh, the whole course for two years, and one of the lessons that sticks out for me today it says, "I'm not a body. I'm free." And I think that's the most powerful statement that carries me forward. Do you think about the future and make plans? Do I think about the future? My my future is shorter than yours. Oh, that's what I think. <laughs> and I make plans. Yes, I have. I have one really. Uh, important plan. I want to sing. I want to be carried onto stage when I'm 90 and I want to sing um, with, a, with an orchestra. That's my, my plan. Because I used to think that I would lose my voice as I got older and I, I haven't. I still have it. So there you go. That's my only plan. <laughs> and lastly, Jenny, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Well, I'm hoping that I can leave uh, a legacy for women of tomorrow and men of tomorrow and children of tomorrow that I dared to lead an interesting, courageous life. And I was not afraid of being spontaneous. And I never accepted mediocrity for myself or for my children. Um, and the, 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 main, the main message from me is that anything you dream of is possible. Thank you once again, Jenny, for your time in sharing your valuable tips in designing and living the life we love now and not later. Now, for all the listeners out there, if you could retire from work today, what would you do with your time? Would you travel? Spend more time with your families? Volunteer? Or pursue a favorite hobby? Would you do things that make life worth living? Things that you feel have been neglected for your careers? Are you putting work over play? And how often does that happen? Is work a part of your identity? Are you so immersed in your career that you struggle with the thought of retirement, long holidays, or even short breaks because you feel an underlying and strong sense of uselessness or not contributing to society the moment you stop working, even though it's not permanent? Or are you eagerly waiting for retirement, whenever that is, to start living the life you desire and love. Now, if your work is inseparable from you and who you are, chances are you might not be able to escape that when you do have breaks, let alone when you're in retirement. And all those grand plans you have made are useless if your heart isn't with them. And what if that passion you desperately want to pursue fades by the time you retire. What if the devastation from losing your professional identity 
obliterates any fulfillment you expect to get from pursuing your hobbies? What if life is just a lattice of moments? And retirement being one of those milestones. Nothing more, nothing less. What if instead of waiting eagerly for retirement, you derive joy and meaning from today? Start living the life you love courageously now. To live a fulfilling life like Jenny's, you got to start living life now and not only when you're in retirement. And this is today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've gotten some value from today's content, content that will empower you to design the life you love to live now. Or perhaps if you know of any friend who might gain from today's content, please do share this podcast with them. And if you have enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to the Your Life, Your Design podcast. This way, you won't miss any of the future episodes. And it will also greatly help the visibility of this podcast. Also, please feel free to write to me, whether it's in a form of encouragement, feedback, content suggestion, or like Jenny, share your story and life challenges with me. It may become the content of a future podcast episodes where other listeners can benefit from. This is Sophie Koo, and you've just listened to Your Life, Your Design podcast. Until the next episode, take care and stay safe. Thank you.